And welcome to another episode of Two Medics and One Mic. Your presenters are Imran Lasker and Thrusha Gudwatna. Hello and welcome to another episode of Two Medics Podcast. My name is Dr. Lasker. I'm a consultant radiologist. Hi, I'm Thrusha Gudwatna. I'm a cardiology registrar, subspecializing in intervention. Intervention, intervention, that's right. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it was uh, not so long ago that we were talking about talking to someone else about coming onto the show who is hopefully going to be our love child. It's going to be an interventional radiologist. Uh, you know, it's going to kind of put the two of us together. Would you like to introduce yourself to our special guest, please? Hi, uh, my name is Kaede Oki and I am the love child of Uncle T and Uncle Laska. Uh, <laughs> I, my career path has been decided for me, although I'm just a medical student, but I will one day <laughs> apparently be an interventional <laughs> radiologist because that's how it works. You, you've been betrothed. You've been betrothed. Yes. This is how it works in Asian families. Yeah, in Asian families. Yeah, with ethnic with yeah. ethnic parents, you don't get a choice in your career. You just you, <laughs> you, you do what your parents tell you. you just do it. Yes. Well, speaking of choice in your career, Akadi, you took a bit of um, you, you meandered your way th- meandered your way through into medical school. You know, like tell us your story. It's so interesting. Um, my God, it's long. I'll I'll, I'll tell the abridged version. Um, so. Finished school, didn't get into medicine the first time round, took a gap year, as you do. Um, <laughs> then applied for medicine again, got into medicine, but then that was the year there was like the weird tuition fee increase from like £3,000 to £9,000. But then it turns out ugh, that when that happened, people on my visa, so I sound very, very English, but I'm actually Nigerian, So, but people, people on my visa ended up being classed as, in, as international students so I would have had to like pay like 30 or 40 whatever thousand pounds a year so I was like I'm not going to do that so I worked for a few years did another degree in medical sciences with, with international health realized I really don't like science and that medicine is not really science it really isn't so I decided to apply to medicine again got into medicine and now I'm here one year away from graduating Whoa. it's been a my God, it's been it's been a ten year journey. It's been it's been ten. Oh my, it's been ten years. Wow, that is that is quite. I've got. I do rate you honestly. I mean, you know, to have that, to that, you know, to want to do it that much that you've you know taken a, a this this route in is um, really really impressive. Because I tell you honestly, like I don't think I've, I've yeah. If I didn't get in, I wouldn't have carried on. You know, the only reason I carried on because I was already in it and finished it because I was already there. So, uh, yeah, kudos to you, man. Kudos to you for um, for carrying on. That's really really impressive. You've just made me sound so uncool. Like, what? What is this? Like, my vibe. My 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 vibe has always been like effortless. Yeah, I don't really care about anything. Yeah, I'm just doing it. Now you just, <laughs> just said to everyone, "Oh, you really, really liked it. You really, really wanted to do it." I mean, you know. I mean, it's just. I mean, you are textbook like awesome medical student though. Like, you do. You, you're um. You're a busy guy. You're a busy guy. Like, I, I was I was reading about you and. Uh, you were stalking him. You were stalking him. Yeah, let's just be honest. Yeah. Oh my god, like <laughs> Russell's gonna. But like, anyway, um, <laughs> you know, you you work as a HCA as well, don't you? You do HCA shifts and stuff. Like, yeah, I do. You are yeah. like the quintessential perfect medical student. Like you're so well, Not... you're all rounder. Um, Doesn't he sound like a proud parent? Look at him. I do. Around. I'm proud. I, know. I looked up his name. I looked up his name, and his name means he who brings joy. And doesn't that sum him up? Like, doesn't he just? Yeah, yeah, Jen, it, it, that is that is actually true. My name is means the one who brings joy. Yeah, like I, for some reason, recently I've been telling everyone that on the wards. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, "What's your name? My name's Coyote." It's like it means the one who brings joy. 
Yeah. <laughs> don't let me down. Do, don't let me like, down. Like me, do, please. <laughs> don't send me away. So, but on the subject of that, actually, when you introduce, do you like people try and shorten your name or because we we before we like came on here, we talk we wanted to make sure that we said your name properly. But like, do you find do you get people who try and shorten it or you know what do they do with it? Yeah, people. Some people are like, oh, can I call you Kai? And I'm just like. That's not my name, though. So, <laughs> if I call you Kate, no, that's not my name. I just told you what my name is, Kai, your day. I've, I've taken to, like, writing my name in, like, big letters on my bag. So <laughs> right. I have, that's the thing that I do. It's like, no, like, you must say my name. Because, yeah. I, mm. I don't know, in the last couple of months, I've become more appreciative of my name and, like, the meaning. Like, yeah, the one who enough. brings joy. I feel like that's great. That I'm is not, an I'm awesome not name. not accept yeah. anything else. Absolutely. Mm. Well, I think like if people can say like Daenerys Targaryen, if they can wrap their noodle around that, then they can say Kyoto, yeah. can't they? Mm. Yeah, it's uh, not yeah. that difficult. Yeah, I mean, you think so, isn't it? Um, Thrusha, I mean, I don't know if anyone's noticed this, but the intro of the first few episodes, I've actually said Thrusha's name completely wrong. Uh, I was saying your your surname is Gurmadina. And um, it took, you know, Thrush is so polite, he didn't actually say anything until about, what, four episodes in? See, I thought I heard it wrong, but I was just like, well, I'm not brown. Like, I'm not going to dictate how you pronounce brown names. <laughs> I don't know. Like, so I was just like, shut up. So I, so, I, so I began to, like, doubt my own pronunciation in my head. So, like, when I, when I pronounced your surname earlier today, like, to you, like, I hesitated a little bit because I was just like, that's not the way <laughs> it's said in the intro of a podcast. Sometimes oh, when I'm with dear. bosses and they say my name wrong, then I, I'm like, oh, that's my name now, you know, but uh, mm. it's... Uh... Yeah, what can you do, man? Yeah. You got it in the end. You got it in the end. Yeah, I mean, my bad, isn't it? I mean, we didn't expect anyone to really listen to it, let alone this. Yeah, that's yeah, true, now. exactly. Right, so um, what's been going on on uh, Metwitter through what's been What's been happening? What are we talking about this week? The the storm that I kind of, that um, most recently, but I think kind of we should talk about first is Yasmin's tweet. Um, okay. So Yasmin is a medical registrar who knew me as an F1 and she uh, turned up to, I think, the scene of a road traffic accident and the police were there and they seemingly um, couldn't believe, like, it's completely preposterous, inconceivable that she could be a doctor. And um, so she just, like, tweeted about her experiences, uh, Mm. the the experience of it, like, um, and then it was, like, fly guy with the playing the devil's advocate thing. Mm. Um, I'm, 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 about, I'm about to expose my nerdiness right here. Oh my God. It just reminded me of like, uh, of an episode of Doctor Who, um, season three, episode eight, I want to say. Oh, for okay. God's sake. Okay, all right. I mean, okay, I, I, okay, I'm a massive Doctor Who fan, okay? I've never seen an episode, I'm sorry. Okay, sorry. Okay, you're, you're, you're yeah. a loser for not having ever seen an episode of Doctor Who, right? But <laughs> right. in that episode of Doctor Who, like the Doctor and Martha Jones, who was like his black um, um, assistance companion, whatever you want to call them, they mm. go back to like 1914 or whatever. And... Mm. Um, Basically, Martha is a medical student in like current day and she goes and Mm. tells this woman, this woman in like 1914 that, oh yeah, I'm a medical student. And woman's like, please, women can't Mm. be medical, can't be doctors and certainly not one of your complexion. (laughs) And that whole situation is very that. It's like, yeah, black women can't be doctors. That's just not possible. Like, Wasn't there that joke? Was it Chris Rock who said that? 
basically, if he had a time machine, he would never go back in time because there is no point in time where things would go well for him because of his complexion. Yeah, and he's like, but if I was a white person and I went back in time and I'd like pop out the time machine, there'd be like some butler be like, hello, I've got your food ready for you. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> at any point in time, right? Like, that was so awesome. I mean, like, that's that sucks, right? But then the thing was is that why is there always, like, whenever there's some... Whenever like there's a black woman on the internet who posts something, there's always some some dude out there who wants to play devil's advocate. What's the deal mm. with that? Yeah, it's like, look, just don't get involved, man. Just stay out of it. You don't understand it. Just stay out of it. There's no point in getting involved in this conversation. I just don't understand why people insist. And I think someone is like, oh, but you know, you had the you, you go you went and put it on Twitter, so why not have a conversation? It's like, well, she's trying to put a point across. This is what it's like when you're a person of color. Like I okay, so for me, like I remember, I, like I said to you through show over the years, that um, I had a really difficult time during my training, and things went really badly at one point. And every time I tell someone of color about what happened to me, they always say to me, "Dude, that sounds like they could have been a bit racist there." What do you reckon? And every time I tell someone who is not of color, that doesn't come up. They just assume that maybe I was not that good at what I do. And I think it's a, maybe that's some sort of pre like a mis like a conception that we have. Like someone of color will understand what it's like, and then and even someone like me who is of color, I don't really understand what it's like for someone who is who is black. I know what it's like to be brown and of color, but I don't know what it's like to be uh, someone who's black. But you know, what are they expecting? What are they, what do you think they're expecting, Cody? Like when the doctor turns up, what do you think? Like multiple things. I I, th I feel like first things first to the person who was like, oh my god, um, you tweeted it publicly, yeah yeah blah blah I can say whatever I want to say I have like this rule in life so it's so it goes like this it's not every party you're invited to and that's okay sometimes it's okay to just stay at home so that <laughs> conversation was clearly not for you it wasn't a, it wasn't a, um, a conversation as well and I think it's very just very important for people to just shut up and listen and just mm. like take people's people's experience and like just for what exactly what they said it is and not question mm. and try to dissect and play devil's advocate or anything like mm. that and i have so many stories from like different friends who've been mistaken for multiple other healthcare professionals like sorry i should say multiple black friends who've been mistaken mm. for other people in the hospital so I've ha i have a friend who's a plastics registrar at the moment but i think at that point in time he was still an fy he was literally mm. wearing scrubs had a stethoscope around his neck and mm. they the patient's family was like oh can you take him to the toilet because they thought he was like a porter or something it's like no mm. this okay obviously Ouch. everyone is important but yeah, however yeah. i have a stethoscope around my neck mm. what are you expecting me to be and let me try not to be too i'm gonna try not to be too controversial it's not really controversial but I don't think society is comfortable or used to seeing black people in positions of power. It's not it's, mm. it's, it's not something that society is very comfortable with. I feel like in this country anyway, like you do expect to see an Asian person as a doctor. Like there is that stereotype. Whereas for black people, like the stereotype is, oh yeah, violent knife crime in hoodies and whatnot. I'm going to tell you something really really embarrassing for me and I remember when it happened 
I felt like such a bad, I mean, I, there's plenty of times where I felt like a bad person, but this one in particular, I felt so, so terrible about it. I was in the reporting room one day and um, they, a, someone came in, this, this black guy came in and uh, he was looking around, looking a bit lost and he wasn't dressed particularly well. Like it was, you know, like a, a shirt that didn't fit and all this kind of stuff, right? And genuinely in my head, I thought he must have been one of the secretary guys, right? And then a few weeks later, I got introduced to him and it turned out he was a registrar. And I went back home and I thought, now there's a bit of racism I didn't know existed in my own mind. Like, you know what I mean? Like my initial impression was that of this. And I ended up talking to a whole lot of people about it because I felt so... Because, you know, as a brown person, you think you can't be racist, can you? Like, because you're brown, like you, you can't be racist. And especially as someone who's grown up in this country and is very used to having, you know, friends of color and non-color. And I don't even see that half the time. Like I never, it never even crossed my mind that someone is of color when I'm talking to them. Like I said the other day, I don't even see myself as a brown guy until someone reminds me that I'm a brown guy. Spent too much time in the dark, I think. Is the problem. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. I never even, it never even crossed my mind until someone's like... Uh, you're brown or you look like poo. Um, <laughs> okay. But, um, <laughs> but um, I remember that day, I just felt like, man, there, I never realized, but there is like, there is such thing as a subtle racism that even I have, and I need, to, I need to deal with that, or at least admit to myself that that exists and I need to sort of figure that out and get rid of that. And so that must mean that I myself am susceptible to, to society, even though I'm, I'm not really meant to be, right? I'm meant to be the same, uh, another fellow coloured person, I suppose. Uh, but don't you think like racism exists even amongst ourselves? What do you definitely, think? Definitely does. Yeah. I mean, like what? Like there's no one more racist than like an Asian mum, like growing up, is there? Like, oh my God. <laughs> there's a lot to unpack here. Oh, let me, let me, let me get on my keyboard and let, let me start writing my dissertation. I, I think it's an important topic that, for that, Firstly, I think a lot of brown people don't like to admit to. So mm. one thing that in COVID that's really affected me is like, I like, I used to go to the library to socialize and mm. I had, there was, there was like- Nerd, okay, carry on. No, 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 no. Oh, we weren't studying, we didn't study in the library. We were talking, but we'd have like really, okay. really deep conversations about like everything. And right. just okay. like li literally random people from like all different courses and we're mm. all, people of color and we just take mm. over like a section of the library and we're just chatting and one mm. like this conversation came up about like racism in um in like the desi community and stuff and mm. there were some people who were like oh yeah but like you know um so like i've been brought up in a muslim family and obviously like we treat everyone equally yeah yeah blah 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 and I was like, yeah, yes, that's true. But what, like, we, can we not deny the fact that there is like a massive racism and colorism issue in the mm. Asian community? And this girl just kept on BSing, right? And then I just had to just go like, okay, so if you brought me home to your mum right now, what would she <laughs> say? <laughs> and they were like, yeah. Like everyone was like, yeah, like sis, let's not lie here. Like these things mm. do exist. And mm. I feel like a more accurate term is anti-blackness. So anti-blackness exists within mm. so many like different communities and mm. it all stems from white supremacy. So I, I think when mm. like black people are racist towards Asian people, Asian people are racist towards black people. I don't think it's like, it's more, it's, I don't think it's very like, oh, you're not like us, so we hate you. It's more. Mm. you're not like what we perceive to be the ideal so we hate you so, mm. so i feel like when brown people for example have been racist to black people it's like you're aspiring more to whiteness and you're mm. despising someone who's further away from that whiteness than you are that makes sense that's so well, true you, that articulates yeah. it so perfectly 
I think. Mm. And I think one of the reasons why it certainly makes me feel uncomfortable, I guess, is because I know that um, because of the kind of fight or like the striving against racism, like if the, um, that benefits Asian, the brown people, right? Um, so you mm. benefit from it, but um at the same time like there we also benefit from like there are positive stereotypes like um you know uh asian doctor or whatever like you can see it on tv i remember like uh watching eastenders and there's this character called as if who like didn't do any work for his gccs and got like 11a stars or whatever and being like oh like some white person probably wrote that storyline like i just remember thinking Mm. like oh that's like how they view like oh i remember this it was anwar Anwar, oh, in, sorry, in yeah, um, Skins, Skins, that's right, yeah. Who and went I was on like, Dev Patel oh, and all the rest of it. Yeah. yeah, and I was like, what? Like, that's that's a step, that's like, so I, and I thought to my, I remember thinking like a white person, but like growing up, I guess uh, one of the, when like, um, be, like the, uh, after George Floyd, and I remember like when people were like talking about um, kind of Black Lives Matter, and then like thinking to myself, because Growing up, the uh, we had like Blade or like Cyborg or Spawn. They were all kind of black superheroes or Black Panther, um, but they were kind of the people I'd like because I don't know. I guess to me they were like close close to me than like a white person would have been. Mm. So mm. in some ways, in my head, like when I saw that stuff, when when I felt like upset about stuff that was happening, I was like, oh, you know, like I've got all these things to say. But then I was like, actually, when I and I saw some like threads about it, which was about kind of like Asian, like um, brown people's role, like in, like as in being racist towards black people, and being like, oh, sh-, like being feeling really confused by it, and mm. trying to kind of navigate that kind of feeling of feeling like st- stuff was kind of bad for brown people, but mm. it's equally like, well, not equally, it's way worse for black people, and trying to like figure that out in my head. And not like just take a space with my voice, I guess. Um, but you know, like um, a lot. I mean, Curdy, you spoke about this, and actually, what you spoke about really reminds me of. Mal- yeah, I don't know if you read Malcolm X's autobiography, uh, and if you haven't, I'd highly recommend it. Really, really excellent book. And um, he talks a lot about like complexion and you know how much of an impact it has on society in general. And when I read that book, I remember I think I actually ended up going to Bangladesh to visit. And, uh, you know, there were posters of David Beckham on the walls and, you know, David Beckham with perfumes and stuff like that. And I thought, well, that's the image of beauty they're showing you, right? Like, if you look like David Beckham, you're a good looking guy. You're, you know, this is what to look like. And then I started thinking, hang on, yeah, that's so true. Like, actually, the fairer complexion you are as a brown person, the better looking you are in some respects. And the fairer your eyes as a brown person, the better looking you are in, in, in some respects. So actually, what you're saying is the more white you are, the better looking you are. And it's yeah. starting to happen in Bollywood movies. Have you seen this? And in Bollywood films, they start to bring in like, you know, English white people into the movies, but then making them say things, you know, speak Hindi and stuff to to kind of be that sort of idea of what is a, a good looking person. And it's so subtle. It's so subtle, right? And again, nah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's not subtle. Okay, so 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 I'm, I'm okay. I'm, okay, I, I'm, I am. No, I'll say no. I used to be a massive Bollywood fan. I don't really watch Bollywood movies as much just now, mm. but I Same definitely here. noticed yeah. it. So like people like um, Katrina Kaif and like um, Jacqueline Fernandez and all those like, they are half Indian at best or not Indian at all. <laughs> and they've just like 
drafted them in to yeah. um, Bollywood movies and just like decided, oh, they're the most beautiful people in the world. I'm like, I'm, I'm not going to comment on their attractiveness. It's like, whatever. I'm sure mm. someone finds all of them beautiful. It's, that's not the problem. But it's just the fact yeah. that there are, I don't know, because I have so many brown friends of like so many different complexions mm. and some of maybe one or two maybe just a few shades like slightly lighter than me so mm. i'm just like why don't i see them in bollywood movies like mm. i'm seeing priyanka chopra and yeah those yeah, other girls true. like it, does, it doesn't make any sense at all because mm. it's really not representative of what um brown people actually look like well you know when i was saying subtle like um it it it's, it's again it's not something you really realize growing up that like actually you're you think that this is good looking like why but you never think why do you think that's good looking what is making mm. you think that's good looking and that's a subtlety and in fact it reminds me of like muhammad ali if you listen to what i mean he clearly you know highly intelligent man but he was talking about when he was a kid and he went to the church right and he looked at the church the paintings on the church and saw those those white babies and white jesus and all this kind of stuff right and he said to his mum you know like where do all the black babies go? And it's like, I, that's amazing. Like, uh, how could someone be that young to have that question? Like, where do all the black babies go? There's no pictures of black babies in this church. And so he's already thinking along the lines that clearly, you know, they must be going somewhere else. And, and that's what I mean by subtlety, because in, mm. in you know places of worship like this and the, on all these kind of big images of what Jesus looks like and all that kind of thing, it, he's always white, he's always got blue eyes. But actually, if you look at like what a Middle Eastern man would probably look like in that day and age, it's very unlikely he'd look like the quintessential picture of, of Jesus. Uh, and that's the, what I mean by the subtlety of things, like subtlety in that, you know, why do we think something's attractive? It's because the way society is around us, why does society think that? Because actually the more, you know, fairer complexion you are, the closer you are to being white and therefore the more attractive and powerful you are perceived to be. I guess that kind of, I, I did want to mention the kind of, um, uh, Twitter kind of reaction to the stamps thing so um, mm. that was where in Spain the per postal service made stamps of different colours to highlight racism and then uh, did you see so the kind of interesting thing about that was can you imagine so the different stamps were different colours yeah those are the different different races obviously because you know mm. that's not a social construct but like um, which stamps do you think cost more money to make <laughs> so, you know which ones would have needed more ink to, to make which down like so probably the darker ones but... the darker ones you'd have thought so wouldn't you because it cost more to make yeah that wasn't how it was though well no. unless they're printed on black paper <laughs> I, don't know, I, don't know how, I don't know how stamps are made but i'm just saying i'm just putting out there devil's advocate and all that. i'm just saying <gasps> so you know oh my god like don't do that I'm, okay cancel me i'm done i'm done i hate <laughs> devil's advocates with a yeah. passion like they are the worst people in the world it's a it's disgraceful you should be ashamed no, I, of yourself totally like, with you on this what is, was it about them that winds up the most oh it's because they think they're clearly being intelligent but just very yeah. dumb like yeah. you don't have to be you don't have to be contrarian to everything like sometimes things things are just what they are like like the devil works really hard the devil works 24 7 like he doesn't need someone's advocate on his behalf like he's <laughs> yeah, got totally. it like i think you you hit the nail on the head because it, I mean, that's one of the reasons why it annoys me because it's kind of like done in this way as if it's like to educate you, like, oh, you know, mm. I'm just going to show you like a different viewpoint, you know, a devil's advocate. But, you know, let's just sh show you the other side because it might be a perspective you haven't considered. And, you know, mm. um, I was like, tr um, I was like looking it up, like, why do people do it? Like, because these, 
I'm like often surprised where it comes from because I'm like, mm. what? Like you, what are you? Do you have anything invested in it? Often it's, and um, people just use it. I think to mask their own kind of opinions. But so we were saying that the so in with regards to the Spanish stamp, so they had multiple different complexions of stamps to represent the different complexions of people, and it turned out the white stamps were the most expensive stamps. Is that that's what yeah. was going on? Yeah. It's what are, you can't write this kind of stuff. When this kind of stuff happens, one would hope they did some sort of cost analysis on this. <laughs> Obviously haven't, have they? <laughs> cost analysis? What are you on I think about? That they, I, I don't know. Do they think, oh, we could sell more of the white ones, so let's charge more for the white ones because everyone wants white. I mean, that's, is that what they're thinking in their minds? Uh, I mean... Well, it's a capitalist just, model, was it? They just found it, that the white stamps were selling more, so... They I, just... can't, I can't genuinely explain it. Like, there's just, there's just no way of explaining certain things, is it? Like, how does that even... How does that go across and become a thing? Like, because that clearly went from like you know design level to like you know you know all the way through, and at no point there was someone that said, "Hang on, hang on, hang on, guys, can we take a step back here? Why, why does the stamp have to be like this?" You know, there's a lot of symbolism and all that kind of stuff, and I think we were going to also talk about the rainbow NHS sign. Like that's been yeah. coming up a lot recently. But have you been seeing that a lot? Like the yeah. rainbow and the NHS. Go for it. It was like a thing where, I mean, obviously it was kind of an LGBT symbol, and then it's kind mm. of been op- appropriated to kind of mean like the NHS I think or at least that's what but what does it mean in the NHS because when I saw the rainbow in the NHS I thought it was because of LGBT right I, that think... I thought it was but I didn't know that it was it now meant something completely different so it, excuse my ignorance I just assumed I didn't look into it so um so it, what it means something different in the NHS like it means what in- inclusivity etc cetera, etc cetera. I think it came about during COVID. Oh, really? Like, okay. That, that, that's when I first noticed it, like representing the NHS. Um, mm. it, it definitely came up during COVID, and people were drawing rainbows. It was like, oh yeah, save our mm. NHS yang, 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 and all that. Mm. Please do save mm. our NHS and all that. I, I, I didn't mean to sound very sarcastic there. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I think it started to lose its meaning because it was kind of just used in this ubiquitous way. I mean, so much of this stuff has lost meaning, the clapping for the NHS, uh, you know, all this kind of appreciation that they showed. Did that ever have meaning though? Yeah. For some people it did, because if you did look at what was going on in social media, some people were really happy that they, uh, you know, they were getting appreciation and getting claps and all that. Like I saw a few people that, I think I saw one particular person tweet that they'd got home and their neighbors had clapped them into the driveway and left food on the front and some flowers and stuff and I was like I mean it's the food and the flowers yeah. I think that's pretty cool isn't it not the clap I don't know man I, I mean if that no, happened it, to me I was like you're not going to give me a pay rise because otherwise I ain't interested in your food well, that's the point isn't it it's in lieu of that see I I do not like workplaces that always say oh yeah we are one happy family I am so grateful blah 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 I didn't like I do, when, when I hear stuff like that I'm thinking okay you're, you're wanting to exploit me I don't like this <laughs> leave me alone something's up no one's that happy. <laughs> no, like so the the whole NHS claps thing. I was just, like, I remember when it was happening, sitting in my flat with my flat of all other medics as well. We were all just looking at each other, like, what is going on here? This mm. is really, really weird. Um, mm. I am not a martyr. It, 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 it almost felt like they were clapping us off into war to go die yeah. for the country, mm. which is mm. which is just like very very uncomfortable. Like at the same time, um, people are talking about oh we're not getting appropriate PPE and all that stuff. Maybe mm. getting cling film, um, yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and then you're clapping instead of giving us appropriate protection. Nah, mm. I'm alright, thank you. Yeah, you know right. what, I just think, do you think that sometimes we ourselves give a confused, confused message as to what we really want? Like, you know, because like, um, 
Because you know, obviously I'm married to someone who works in the city or worked in the city. And when I speak to some of her friends and stuff, they're like, you know, when we're doing the doctor strikes and stuff, they're like, well, you know, you should get paid as much as you're worth. And because that's how much, that's how they think about it. They're very sort of, um, they're a bit more cutthroat about things like out, out in the city. Whereas us lot, I just kind of feel like sometimes I'm not sure what we really want. And the reason I say that is because when you see people who are working these long hours in the banking, the banks, when, when my wife did it, it's like they don't actually complain that much about the work hours because they get work looked after very very well and on top of that they get paid a hefty hefty amount and so i wonder you know would would we be okay with let's say everything stayed the same let's say everything stayed the same in terms of our work hours our work and all the rest of it but we got paid as much as the banker would we then complain as much as we do Probably and if not, not oh god no <laughs> um, but my, my point is like okay so if we if we said that look where everything stays the same but everyone gets paid more then everyone's happy so is that what we really want is that what we really want and if that's what we really want maybe we should kind of make a decision about that and then <laughs> what are you laughing because <laughs> it, it was Spice Girls so is that what you really want <laughs> <laughs> what you really want really, really? <laughs> Look, if we were quoting Spice Girls songs and we would have uh, done that prior, we should do an episode like that. That would have been cool. Anyway, yeah. I mean, there are many things to be angry about. But like moving along on from the money thing. So, you know, our favourite, one of our favourite kind of public figure doctors out there, Dr. Christian Jensen, he's mm. uh, he's um, he's unfortunately having to ask for money, isn't he? For Wait, insert sarcasm. Sorry, you said yeah, favourite. Right. You said insert sarcasm. Yeah, yeah, yeah sorry. Um, yeah, <laughs> um, so for libel, he's being sued for libel against... Was it like Arlene Foster? Because he said something. He's tweeted about her. And then it's interesting because it's a chain of people that I don't like because it was like Christian Jensen. I don't, I, I mm. think he's a bit like Brexity and stuff. And then he posted about Arlene Foster, who I don't really like either. And then mm. we, uh, I came to know about this because emergency, emergency doctor, you know, water, water cannon, water cannon doctor um, mm. posted about that. So I was like, oh God. So like the enemy of my enemy of my enemy, like who do I, who I just like the most? Like mm. who am I? Are they my friends most? now? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Are my friends with Arlene Foster? Like what? I don't, I don't know. So well, what uh, did you guys think about it? I mean, th- this situation, here isn't it i mean we're talking these are one of the things we we do worry about when we do tweeting and all the rest of it that someone's going to get riled up and take it take it a certain way and it seems that like the you know dr dr jensen jessen has said some, some had said something which has been um which has been brought out to be libel and now he has to pay you know a quite significant amount of money from so i mean whether you whether you agree with um, Arlene Foster or not, it sounds like she's had a grievance and it's been upheld upheld in law that yeah there was a grievance and now you know he's been ordered to pay all this money and then so as a result in a way to try and pay all this money he's gone and set up a GoFundMe page is that correct yeah I think so. um, trying to get supporters of his himself <laughs> to um, to basically to you know help him pay this big fee. Did he raise enough money? That's the important question, really. Well, I've just decided to look it up and he's raised 8,684. So he's not far off from that £150,000 goal. But you know, like, is this a situation where someone's on TV and you assume that he's a lot richer than he is? Is that part of the problem? Is that like, is that why people don't like the fact that he's trying to raise money for 150? Well, no, I mean, like, he's done loads of shady stuff. So like, he had like some um, online, like, I remember watching some documentary about him where, like, you could order mm. drugs. Like, you could, like, have some on- online consultation, which was with some some doctor that some, like, and it was just, um, and they just, like, typed in fake symptoms and then you'd get, like, drugs from, like, um, 
I don't know, from abroad, like sent to you. Mm. And it was just like, it just seemed like a really peculiar and unsafe way of providing medication. It just it seemed like there was lots of shadiness in that practice. So there was that. You're not, Cody. I know where Dr. Jessen's next £150,000 are coming from. It's from getting you on libel. That's what's going to happen. He's going to hear this and he's going to be like, you know what? That's libel, mate. That's how I'm going to get my 150000 It's only, open, I mean, only if it's untrue. Mm. And yeah, the most true, important yeah, yeah. thing is to add the word allegedly. Allegedly, 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 um, Dr. (laughs) Jensen had like this website where he was like giving people drugs and just putting like any fake symptoms, allegedly. Allegedly. Mm. I saw it in a documentary, in a dream. Allegedly. Allegedly. You know, (laughs) with with this guy, I guess... He's got a certain amount of celebrity, doesn't he? And he's clearly using it for whatever way he can. Um, so obviously he's on the TV thing. He's a TV doctor now. He tried to start a business. And now he's trying to use his TV celebrity to try and get himself out of hot water, essentially. Are you going to fund him then? Are you going to fund him? Are you going to do it? I already did. already did, oh, yeah. Fair enough. I mean, it's already, it's already funded as of just now. I've checked in. I've checked <laughs> in. Okay, checked let's move. <laughs> All right, let's move on then. Let's move on. Okay, so should, I mean, speaking of, you know, TV personalities, getting into a little bit of trouble, piss... Pierce um, Morgan. Before we talk and about the, whole, um, oh, the no, granddaddy no. of bad vibes, I, I, <laughs> I, I need to pick a bone with you guys first. Oh, all right, um, yeah, go on. F- from your last episode. Um, I, I can't always trouble. forget her name. Rachel Clark, Dr. Clark, Ben Clark. What's her name? Yeah, Rachel, 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 Clark. Clark. Rachel Clark. Rachel yeah. Clark. Yeah, you were saying, oh, yeah, she shouldn't have drawn the guy out and blah, 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm mm. sorry, but she had every right to... Like um, oh, is this the the one where so he so he was sharing the personal messages and basically taking this guy out and okay okay no, that's, yeah. that so, wasn't Rachel um, Clark that's Alison Pearson who's a writer for the Telegraph yeah I, I, yeah I thought so I don't know these people I don't remember names <laughs> it's all the same thing to me I don't know like okay but, there's so okay, many so there's so wait, many which, things. wait what clique do you think we're part of we no Rachel Clark is our clique does like Rachel Clark, sorry. It's hard to keep up with, with what, med twi- what who Med Twitter like and dislike. But at the moment, I think uh, Med Twitter likes Rachel Clark, so we're okay. But then, so <laughs> which part were you unhappy with? Were you unhappy with the fact we were going after Rachel Clark or were you unhappy with the fact that someone got called out on the DMs and was and you know they they um, yeah they were getting called out on the DM. So basically, someone insulted someone and then tried to apologise on a DM level, and that person didn't take the apology on the DM level and said, "I'm going to get the court people involved and I'm going to just spread it all over the internet." And they shared that. Is that the bit that you uh, you didn't agree with? I didn't agree with you guys' opinion on this situation. That's <laughs> okay. what I didn't yeah, agree yeah. with, right? <laughs> okay. Uncle Alaska okay. and Uncle T. Oh, I'm very man. disappointed in you. Um, the child has become the parents now. Um, <laughs> no, because I, 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 I can't quote you guys word for word, but I think the general consens- consensus in that episode was that, oh, like, oh, maybe she shouldn't have drawn him out. Like, he mm. should have, like, just accepted the apology. But I just kind of feel like, you know what? Like, he said what he said, and people deserve to be punished for doing, for bad behavior. And, like, I'm not Michelle Obama, so when someone goes low, I believe in getting a shovel and digging and getting lower. Like, <laughs> like we are going to do petty limbo in this place. Like, we're going to limbo uh, and be petty. Like, I, I, I am, I am very much team petty, and I like mm. the fact she did that because it was very much like anyone can get it. Just because mm. I have a big platform and I'm usually very professional and whatnot, yada yada, doesn't yeah. mean that I will not get down and dirty, if need be. So watch yourself. 
I feel like though, I feel like if you, if I think that's that's fair. Like I, I know what you mean. Like that makes sense. I think the reason why we took issue with Alice in person is some of the stuff that she's kind of comes out with in the Telegraph is just like. Um, it's just just mean spirited, like horrible stuff. So I get, but I get what you mean about. So he, I'm gonna just I'm gonna step in with my my own opinion on this. And I think like when I was younger, right? I mean, I'm talking from personal experience now. When I was younger, maybe I had a bit more of an inflated opinion of myself. And so if someone offended me, uh, and they really offended me or really upset me, uh, it would be a really big deal. It would be a really big deal. And even if they said sorry, I wouldn't take that sorry. I would I would be really you know I would be rude back. I'd say all sorts of things back, right? And as as the years gone on, like I've been on the receiving end of like that as well, because uh, through shows you know sometimes I joke and maybe I take it too far and then I upset someone. And on those times, I've genuinely been sorry, and I've really appreciated it when someone has accepted my sorry. Like I really, really have. And I'll tell you a quick story. Like there was um there's a registrar that we worked with, and um, one of the consultants went around went around telling people that she's got a bit of an issue with maths. So she's not very good at maths. I was trying to get her to calculate something, and she was atrocious, right? So I thought that, that's kind of funny. Oh, I didn't think she. Had a pre- and I, I didn't really take it all that seriously. So I went and told someone, I said, oh, did you hear that thing's got a problem with maths, right? Not really realizing that first of all, I'm gossiping, which is not a great thing to do. And I, I told someone else who then told someone else. And then it went back to that person that, you know, I was supposedly cussing her out for not being able to be very good at maths. And uh, we, me and this person who was supposedly not very good at maths are very, very good friends. We had always been very good friends. So she took it really badly or he took it very badly that I'd got, you know, supposedly had done something quite out of order. And um, I remember this day very clearly because they called me up and they had a massive go at me, massive go at me. Like this is beyond like, you know, like I've had, I've been told off a lot over the years by lots of people, but this hurt me a lot because, because of what I'd done, you know, and yes, it was stupid. It felt as though I'd really hurt her feelings, first of all. And secondly, now her opinion of, or this person's opinion of me had gone so low that I'd never make it back from that. And I let, I let them go on for ages. And after a while I said, look, I, I didn't really know what to say. Like I, I made a mistake and I'm just sorry. Like, I, mean, I am really sorry and there's nothing I can do beyond the hope that like we still can be friends after this. And hopefully over time you'll see that I'm, I'm not that kind of person. I'm not the kind of person to take someone out. I don't do that and I made a mistake here. And then um, she was fine. Yeah, she took it because then I went and found her and she goes, look, dude, you said sorry, it's all good. Don't worry about it. And I appreciated that so much that like my sorry meant something, right? And so going forward, Oh, and I, I was thinking this anyway, like, even if someone doesn't mean it, but if they say sorry, I'll take it. Like, I'll take it. Even if someone, if I, if, even if I know that they're lying through their teeth, I'll take that sorry and I'll move on. Because it's just, life is just too short to like faff about and get angry and have a, have a go at people. And so with this one, I felt as though someone's going to DM, like, let's say someone, I had someone had a go at me or something, or I was upset with them, they DM me and said, hey man, look, I'm really sorry and I've got these issues, that issues. The, the word sorry is enough for me. We're done, it's cool. Let's leave it, let's move on with life. Life's too short to have grudges and take each other out. And if someone's got a family and all the rest of it, you know, unless there's something really to go after, um, like 150,000 pounds, and maybe I'll think about it. But um, there isn't, then, uh... <laughs> No, but you know what I mean? Like, uh... I see what you mean, but just to play devil's advocate. Oh, go on, yeah, do it. <laughs> I'm joking. Um, but like, but like, more seriously i i kind of feel okay so you can accept the sorry you can accept the sorry but it doesn't mean you have to like forgive them or anything that's the first thing and like secondly like the acceptance of the apology that is to your benefit it's not it's it's not to like the victim's benefit like it it feels nice for the perpetrator oh yeah my apology has been accepted so i feel like 
people should be allowed people should be allowed to hold their grudges and be like you know what you're you are a twat and yeah. i don't like you and i'm going to remember this and yeah i, I just kind of feel like you know what by all means hold your grudge Soon. like if yeah. if that is if if that is how you deal and how you like work through things yeah go for it i, I feel i feel like anger is not necessarily a bad emotion i think mm. as long as you recognize why you're angry and why you're acting the way you're acting that i feel like that is mm. the important bit and in that situation you know should we move on yeah <laughs> well i mean but we haven't really reached a conclusion have we okay okay so okay um, so my, okay, my, my very last point is like i think for example on the wards or someone that you're friends with or whatever is very very different to you like upsetting someone you don't know at all so if you like you're on the wards and it's like someone you actually have a relationship with like where that line is in terms of um what you need to do in order for someone to accept your apology like mm. there clearly needs to be some like a, a line for that i guess it's like about forums isn't it and like uh, it's funny though because uh, when you're on twitter and you're um kind of there are all these people that you don't really know and um like it's weird isn't i get it? you know i think what we were taking issue with was not the apology but what was happening with the apology that's all i think like just putting it out there mm. like you know it was a dm like do you really need to do you really need to know that like you know unless you want that nah. i don't know i just felt it was a bit you know i mean if you, i could share a lot of my dms that i get from Tarusha, i don't think the internet would be all that happy with uh, it you know yeah. <laughs> what <laughs> Would Tarusha be happy with it? <laughs> you might get more followers. I'm pretty sure of that. Uh, yeah. No, I don't know. <laughs> um, okay. Okay. Well, so yeah. Um, so here Like um, you did like a really uh, interesting tweet, which was um, which I th- I think is kind of a frustration for like um, for doctors at all stages. But it's interesting to see it kind of gravitate into medical school, which is mm. kind of what these. I mean, the work-based assessments is how we refer them, to them, right? Where we have to do kind of case-based discussions or mini clinical examinations and uh, directly observed procedures, and then that's kind of in medical school as well. And I've got to say, like, I've I've always hated them. I always find them kind of I, I hate kind of having you know that. The kind of dance you have to go through going to find people to like sign it for you and sending them that email mm. that evening and then not having them click on the ticket for ages and all that kind of stuff but mm. a particular point that you made which was this that it just kind of takes a lot of um enth- it kind of takes a lot of uh, enthusiasm out of the learning process I, f- I feel like that's one thing that i got for it but also like the idea that you have to get a certain number um did you want to elaborate on what your kind of point was um I think my point is I just I don't like doing pointless things mm. so like at my uni we, so if in fourth year we need to we need to write um, 10 reflections and do five case discussions for our portfolio which is I guess good but I haven't got feedback for any of my case discussions until today actually so for the current okay. blog I just finished I actually got I actually got one-to-one feedback Oh, how was it? How did you do? Supervising consultants. Oh, I did great. It was really nice. Oh, of course. <laughs> Very happy with myself. <laughs> um, how did they? How did they kind of? How did they give you feedback? Like how did they kind of go through it with you? In or, person, like so, we had like he, he scheduled time out of his day to like give. So I submitted it on Monday, 
and today's Thursday and we all turned up like all, all people on my on my block we turned up to his office like one by one so he gave us like feedback from staff on the wards we were on and gave us feedback on our case discussions and so in that situation I I appreciated the fact that I was getting genuine feedback on the work that I've done because hmm. it's the end of the year now so that was like my fifth and final case discussion and I kind of feel I don't feel medicine is supposedly meant to be about lifelong learning and all that stuff but mm -hmm. re I've only really had one good opportunity for learning how to do a case discussion this year okay and that was mm. right at the end of the year so mm. I'm thinking if I had that opportunity at the start of the year how much better would I be at case discussions it's, I mean, are you finding it difficult to get people to actually go through the, the work-based assessments? Is that is that's the big issue? Or is the problem the fact that you've got to hit milestones to be deemed as competent? Like, what, is that which one have you got the issue with? All of it, to be honest. <laughs> like, like yeah, both, both. Like, it, it, just, it just doesn't make it... Like, it doesn't make any sense to me because, like, quite clearly, the people who are meant to be marking these case discussions don't have time to do it. Mm. Like, they, they, cl they clearly don't have the capacity, so why it's supposed to be more formative it. isn't it but you know like as a person who's now on the receiving end of getting these msfs and dopses and ipexes or whatever like you get like maybe 20 emails a day and then you get this one you think, oh yeah you know i've got to do that and you think i'm gonna do that straight away i'm gonna do it and then suddenly it's like squirrel and so <laughs> then like you look back and say, oh a whole load of emails have turned up and i know that i have been like in the beginning when i first started I made a point as soon as I came in, I'd do them straight away without doubt, just get them done. So this is done. But I think recently I found it difficult to get them done. Like it'll, it'll pop up on my phone, I get this email. Hi, Doc, um, do you mind doing this? I'm, yeah, yeah, of course I'll do your assessment. No worries, just send, you know, I'll look at it later. And then I'm waiting for my next point to be on the computer. And then by that time, another 20 emails come through. And I, I feel, I mean, I do my best to try and catch up with it or take a mental note. And maybe I missed one or two, I don't know. But I remember what it was like on the other end when I'm trying to get these assessments and I need, the, I need these assessments so badly but the person is just not getting around to doing it and I think the issue really is, is that um, you know like uh, it's seen as doing you a favor rather than doing you something that is an expectation right like uh, if when they ask it for me they're asking for me like as a favor and it feels like I'm doing them a favor by doing one right because actually it doesn't make any benefit or lack of benefit or nothing to to what I get up to and I think maybe that's where the, sh the the problem is. Like we're not we're not we're not kind of in unison with our unison with our sort of social contract when it comes to medical learning, right? Like we both have to agree that this is something that we're both going to do, and then it yeah. works. But if one party is not going to play along to that, then yeah. it doesn't work, and that's clearly what happens all the time. Well, consultants have to have like assessments and supervisions as well, right? So wouldn't it be nice if like say, but when you have to have a supervision, you you had a target where you had to fill in like 30 cbds or whatever yeah and yeah i guess I so. like, you absolutely have to have done that as a minimum mm. and then you'd be like mm. checking down trainees being like you need to do a cbd like let's <laughs> do one let's do one now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. oh my god i need like four cbds like by like and you the, the pressure be on for like maybe we should do that to be fair i've i've i i, I do i kind of do something like that myself so so for end of block feedback so we have to do a feedback form for, for, every, for every single block i've already done the feedback forms for the blocks that have given me feedback so it's out of 10 blocks this year i've only done i've done two so far and i'm going to do a third one like for this block because i because i because they gave me a block assessments and i got feedback from it so i will give you feedback as well like it's 
a reciprocal relationship. Um, I mean, when I when I was doing my training, I remember I got in trouble because we're meant to get six workspace assessments and I got six. And I was like, they said to me, well, you know, you need to get more than that. I was like, but if you wanted me to get more, then make it seven. Like, what, <laughs> what's the issue here? And it felt like that scene from this movie, which I've talked about before, called Office Space, and Jennifer Anderson's character, she works in a pizza place and she's got multiple badges. She has to have badges trying to, you know, try and... Um, promote a character and the minimum number was like 20 pieces and she keeps getting in trouble by the manager saying well this guy's got 30 pieces why have you only got 20 because that's the minimum and when I was getting called up on it I thought well yeah like why are you get and she goes, it just shows that you're not very keen and I thought I don't understand like you know like at what point do I get keen if I've got six do I if I have seven does that mean it's like, Ooh, yeah like yeah just got that one more you yeah, know just that little bit more you know mm-hmm. um, and it reminds me of what Phil Lee said the other day. You know, Phil Lee t- uh, put this um, quote, uh, um, tweet out saying, um, when can we normalise, you know, coming, on, coming in on time, finishing on time and not doing anything extra? Because that's actually your job. Like doing all the other stuff, coming in early at 6.30 in the morning, you know, doing all the researchy stuff. That's not really part of your, it's not what you sign up for. Well, I didn't anyway. Like it was a shock to me when it came about. I don't know. Uh, and that kind of leads me on to something that came in from that surgeon. Did you see that uh, one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so there's been a lot of talk on Twitter about what it takes to be a surgeon, right? Uh, you know, people are saying, oh, you know, you've got to, you can't be, if you want to be a surgeon, you can't be a family person. You know, don't expect to have a family if you're going to be a surgeon. And it's the the constant idea. Like, do you, do you get this as a medical student? Do people say to you like, oh, if you want to be a surgeon, you've got to be good with both hands, not just one. If you want to be a surgeon, you've got to give up your social life. Do, have you heard that, Coyote? Okay, I've had I've heard the the both hands thing, but mm-hmm. I can't believe I'm about to be very complimentary about my medical school. This is so unlike me. Um, <laughs> but, um, I would say, in like the health board that my medical school is based in, Tayside, I would mm. say that um, the surgeons are not your stereotypical surgeons. They're really really nice. Like I. Before I started medicine, I never saw myself as a surgeon at all. But Mm. the surgeons in Tayside, in like the hospital I'm based in and stuff, they're just all like really, really lovely. Like one one of them's on Twitter and like a couple of weeks ago she posted, oh, I've got like these um, suturing kits, um, loads of them in my office. If you want one, send me a message. So I sent her a message and like the next day went up to pick some up from her office. Wow, I don't cool. know. Like I've 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 had like really good experiences with like surgeons and especially especially the consultants. Some of like the mm. core trainees. Well, one I'm not gonna say his name, but he's a, yeah. um. <laughs> but like I just I just remember once he was he was very very rude to me, and I was like I am too blessed to be stressed by the situation. <laughs> and then I just nice. saw him. Be, I, I I just saw him be rude to like multiple other people like in mm. theater, like on the wards. And like mm. when, I, when I went back to the ward, I, I heard like all the foundation doctors like bitching about him and stuff about how much mm. they didn't like him. Mm. Um, but like rude in what way? Like what was he, how was he kind of targeting people? Was it like hostile questions or something? Not even hostile questions. So word for word, this is what he said to me. Why don't you go make yourself useful and go speak to the patient? And I was like, bye. I was like, I would say he sticks out a lot in, um, in, in like in our hospital because everyone is just, I, I can't imagine like medical or surgical staff get into a shouting match with each other. It's just, it's just some, it doesn't happen. 
It sounds like a bit of a high, whoever this is, a bit hierarchical in their mind already. And they were, I mean, we've talked about this, about junior doctors being and medical students being treated badly uh, based on the fact that they are, you know, perceived to be junior or not as not as high ranking. And I think another tweet did come out this week um, talking about this exact thing where there was a, um, a lady doctor who yeah. was wearing scrubs. Ophthalmology surgeon. Oh, ophthalmology surgeon. So yeah, we're yeah. talking big shot, right? And because they were wearing scrubs and being a lady, they, the, whoever, they, whoever the junior was assumed they weren't a doctor and was quite derogatory and kind of treated them quite badly. And then only when it became apparent to them that this person was a consultant, they were very, very sheepish about it. Mm-hmm. And I've seen this and I've been on the receiving end of this. I mean, how about you? I mean, you've already told us, Cody, about your experience. Have you seen this, Tarusha? Well, I was interested to know Actually, Cardo, like, um, because obviously working as a HCA, you would have seen, you would have, do, do they know that you're like a medical student? And like, do you find that people treat you differently if they don't know that you're a medical student? And, oh yeah, definitely. But like, but here's the hilarious thing. Um, as a HCA, I never like volunteer that I'm a medical student. If I'm on a new ward, I just, I don't tell people unless if they ask me what I do, I say I'm a student. If they ask me what I'm studying, then I'll say I'm studying medicine. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I never tell, but. I've noticed some of the HCAs treat me differently um, because I'm because I'm a HCA on the bank and the moments they find out I'm a medical student they start being really nice to me I'm just like mm. bruh okay. mm. <laughs> you weren't you weren't being so nice to me early but now now that you've decided that I must be competent hmm. now you're now you're being nice to me like I've I've I've, I've had like some really really rude HCAs to me but I, like, mm. I'm not gonna brag, but I think I'm pretty. I'm, I, th- I think I'm pretty good at my job. I, th- I think I, I do it quite well. But like, there's this mm. uh, there's this assumption that if you're on the bank, you're on the bank because mm. you could you can't get a permanent job and oh, um, you're just a bit useless. Mm. Whereas I'm on the bank because I want to work on Sundays and Sunday pays great. Yeah. Mm. Fair, <laughs> Fair enough. Neighbor. Yeah. Follow the money. Um, yeah. So I mean, so you do H care, you do healthcare assistant work. Um, you know, to sort yeah. of. Uh, as a, as part-time work i find that really impressive man i think it's really cool um i mean uh, yeah I, I think um and it's interesting that you get to see you get to see sort of different di- the different ways people react to you d- you know depending on how much they really know about mm. you because you coming in with different you know um uh they come you come with different assumptions just on based on what you look like who you are and then you know where you're coming from as a bank it also means that you get treated a certain way until you start talking and I think um, I remember um, when I was um, a reg, actually, I was um, doing the interventional block no. and um, I had to go watch an <laughs> EVAR, which is um, endovascular aortic aneurysm repair or something. I'm not particularly interested in this stuff, but I had to go watch it. So I went to theatres and I was wearing my scrubs and I was standing in theatres. And um, yeah, I'll be honest, I wasn't particularly interested in what was going on. So I was kind of probably looking around a bit like, you know, at the other stuff. Oh, this is what theatres look. I haven't been to theatres in years. And then there were, suddenly there's a kerfuffle. There's someone, someone was saying something. And I was like, what's going on? And I looked around and then this, this um, SHO said, excuse me, did you not hear what he just said? He said to switch a light on. And everyone looked at me. <laughs> and I was like, looked around. I think, <laughs> what? Yeah, like, you talking to me? And he was like, of course I'm talking to you. You're standing right next to the light switch. And I thought, are these switches? Oh man, I didn't, I mean, I looked, like, yeah, they are switches. All oh, right, you want, yeah, yeah, sorry, man. So I switched the light off and then I stood there you know, I didn't think much more of it. And then um, my consultant goes, hey, Imran, come look at this, come and look at this, come and look at this. And then I think it dawned on the SO, you're like, who the hell is this guy? Like, why does he suddenly get called forward to look at the surgery? And then the next week he came in to ask for a scan, this SHO. Oh. And I think it, it, literally his face dropped. Like, 
Uh, oh, great. <laughs> 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 can you turn the light off in here, please? Literally, I looked at him and I was like, oh, hello. How are you doing, mate? And he was like, oh. Um, and then I was always going to say yes to the scam, but I did ask him a lot of questions. Oh, I asked enough. him a lot of questions. Um, yeah, See? But it just shows you. Yes. It, it's, it's so, and you know, and again, it happened, you know, these things, and I, I thought I'd go one time, but no, it happened again. Like, I remember I was uh, on call once and I'm, I was wearing my glasses and I was I really stooped over the, the computer and the surgical reg walked in and he goes, why is this scam not being reported? Like, why didn't you just get in? He went on and I was like, looked up. Uh, and I was like, well, you know, who are you, man? Like, uh, you just walked into the report and you shang at me. And then he was kind of a smaller guy. I could tell he was a small guy. Oh. And he was like, arms up. And I was really stooped over. And I thought, I don't think he realized I'm bigger than this guy. <laughs> so then I stood up. And have you seen Back to the Future when Biff stands up? I literally was like, do you want to say that again, mate? And he was like, um, I, I understand you're busy, but there's a patient I really need to scan done as soon as possible. Could you facilitate this? And then I was like, I'll do what I can for you. And I just stood there and looked at, looked at it down on him and he walked off and I thought, it's a shame. I never do that kind of stuff, but it's a shame I had to, I felt like I had to because of the idea that he thought first I was smaller than him because I crouched over something and I'm like some sort of pencil pusher, which I kind of am, but you don't need to treat me like that. It's still stacked, you're still stacked. You've got a home gym in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um, yeah, it's interesting how people how people uh, treat each other. You know, um, we're, we're like that, and um, you know, we've seen that from your your experience and your experience as well. Right. So, um, I mean, do we have? It's, it's, hmm? it's like. Oh wow! Should we uh, should we stop? I, th I think we finished it. But uh, me. Um, no, no. Was there something you want to go through? No, no. But other than say thank you, so, like it's been awesome. Um, so uh, yeah, I guess um, yeah, I think we've been going on a bit. A fair few subjects we managed to get through, and as always, we've got things that have been left over. So maybe we'll put it onto the newsletter because we do have a newsletter. So if you do want to sign up, go, do go check out twomedics.com. Sign up to the newsletter, and you'll be getting uh, some nice uh, weekly letters from us uh, about various things that we don't actually get to talk about. Um, everyone, thank you so much for probably what has been one of the most killer weeks we've had on on the downloads. Unbelievable. Um, and as you saw, my, me do a little jig to try and celebrate that entire situation. So thank you, Coyote. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, I have to say, I was feeling a bit nervous about meeting you, man, because um, you're a slick man. Yeah, you you know, you, if you can don a red suit, you're a, you're a slick man. And I was thinking, man, I thought I was slick, but that's slick. So uh, thank you so much for joining us. And um, thank you for having me. Finally, <laughs> it's been in the works for a while, hasn't it? I mean. You know, shameless plug alert. Um, don't forget to listen to Sharp Scratch from the BMJ. Yeah, okay, so yeah, Kaide is part of the um, Sharp Scratch uh, thing, so do have a listen. We have been binging on it recently, um, and it's been, a, it's been a lot of fun. So, yeah, uh, thank you so much for joining us. And um, any last words, Trusha? Uh, I'm sorry, Alison Pearson. <laughs> I'm sorry, Alison Pearson. <laughs> yeah, good, good. All right, then, have a good week, everyone. Thank you so much. All right, then, bye. Right. You are listening to. Two medics and one mic with Imran Lasker and Therusha Gawadna. Thank you for listening. <laughs>